0: You're listening to Irish Radio, Canada, Home and Abroad. And uh, there is a wonderful exhibition. We talked to Epic Museum in Dublin a few weeks back, and they mentioned that this museum, uh, this photo exhibition that has a Canadian aspect to it was opening in mid-April. Well, we're blessed in that it's actually coming to Canada and it's going to be at the ambassador's residence. It's opening shortly and Ambassador Ian McKee is here with me. Ambassador, thanks William, for coming along. Uh, you were in Dublin, as I understand it, for the launch of the exhibition and you're now bringing it here.
1: Yeah. Hi, Austin, and, and, uh, and hello to all your listeners. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a, fan- it's only a sampling at the, at the residence of, of some of the images. I mean, they're online and they're in a fantastic, uh, book as well. I'd like to pay a tribute particularly to the Gallery of Photography Ireland and Trish Lamb and our team for starting this project, which is about capturing through, uh, family photographs, the history of Ireland. Uh, and they've extended it to the di- diaspora. They did one of the United States and, and with the support and encouragement of Frank our Consul General over from DC, uh, they've done one now for Canada, and it's just, you know, it's 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 one of those projects which uh, it seems like a simple idea, but is in fact is a is a wonderful exploration of the the immigrant experience, and it's bringing it home to Ireland because you know, as a diplomat and as immigrants, we all know that once you leave, the waters close in very quickly behind you socially and in terms of family, and um, I. think... I think that's true broadly of the immigrant experience in Ireland. Once you're gone, you're kind of gone, you know. So this is a a wonderful way of of bringing it home to an Irish audience. So when I was back in Ireland uh, last Easter, uh, we did a launch um, at the Epic Museum. And again, Epic Museum, bringing that story home too. They do fantastic things, you know. But funnily enough, uh, we did the reception uh, and I did a bit of a speech on Good Friday. And I was uh, people were standing around with glasses of wine and canapes and I said, Ireland has certainly changed. Here we are in good writing, the glasses of wine at a reception, and isn't, isn't it a great thing, you know? So uh, I was able to tell the audience a bit about the Irish experience in Canada and the Irish story in Canada. And this album really does capture it, you know? Um, and I, I love looking at the old photographs and the kind of details, you know? I always kind of look at their hands. You can always tell from their hands, you know, big, thick fingers from hard work, you know, and, and the clothing details, you know, Um, and also just the sheer adventure of it. You know, we have the Irish arriving in Canada and there's photographs of families who go out to BC and they're there, you know, hunting and fishing in in the wilderness. And, uh, you know, there are older photographs of guys in uniform from from various wars. You see the farms and the sheer hard work they had to do, you know, it really does give you, a very intimate look at what is an epic story.
0: To that extent, I remember seeing or hearing how, you know, back certainly before 1900, but even in the early 1900s, photography was very expensive. So people were not out like we are now with our cameras where Mm. we're able to take high-resolution photographs and videos and that people would tend not to take photographs unless there were usually people in them and there was Mm. a reason for it. Yeah. um so that the kind of sca- landscapes and all the rest of it are relatively scarce
1: that's right yeah yeah and and you get as well because of that um you get these formal studio photographs um which in their own way are very telling because they've dressed up in in their best um and they're getting images but I, I make the point in the foreword that i was asked to write for it that this was incredibly democratizing because up until the invention of photography, only the aristocracy had their, their, their images uh, recorded and they could see themselves through oil paintings and so on. Um, I mean, there were certainly uh, from, from uh, centuries, there was always kind of sketches done on that. They're pretty rare. Suddenly with, with photography, any family could present themselves and say, here we are, you know, and, and, and pass it on. Um, and I, and, and as, as the technology developed and it got easier... You know, I think photography was a hugely uh, dec- uh, democratizing force. I mean, it, it's interesting as well that it brought home um, the nature of humanitarian catastrophes as well. Once cameras were out in the field, they were bringing back images of terrible things. Um, unfortunately, even though there were cameras around that were far, very, very early, nobody seems to have thought of photographing you know, the, the, the famine in Ireland, for example, and the poverty, certainly in the 18, even in the 1850s and into the 1860s. Um, and probably the, the great Irish famine was the last major human catastrophe that wasn't photographed and couldn't be shared in a way, you know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the camera has completely changed, uh, the world and how we see it and, and the issues that we address, you know.
0: That- Project that was done in Ireland and uh, it's old Ireland in Uh, colour. The colourisation that has been powerful, and when you look at the old black and white and you see the transformation, it really brings it to life.
1: No, it does, and and uh, again because of social media, we're able to see these clips, um, even just clips of uh, like moving images of you know streets in Cork with carriages walking by and people in their. Bowler hats and women in their, in their bustles and so on. It just brings the history home, you know, because very often when you, it's hard to, it's hard to feel that life is being lived in that, in that way, that time, and photography brings that alive. The other thing that struck me is that these photographs, the photographers rather, were out, for example, in the west of Ireland, photographing what they would see is kind of quaint uh, rural folk. But when you look at it, my God, the poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these people and It all looks quaint standing outside with their shawls, but they're barefooted
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: and um, very often ragged. And they're they're trying their best. But these are these are tough times that you're recording as well. You know, a great photograph of the, the fishmongering women in Galway, for example. And they're there, and you could see from their bare their feet and their hands, this is this is a tough life. You know, rural. Rural and urban poverty in Ireland was very extensive and and, and pretty pretty brutal. We, you know, when we when we became an independent state, 1922, we 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 inherited a lot of problems that these photographs uh, really capture. You know, I remember
0: here in Canada one day being uh, driving with somebody, and they made a comment on Angela's ashes and uh-huh. how Angela's ashes was. They were implying that it was peculiar to Ireland and the poverty and the the all the rest. And I said, come off it, like. Canada was the exact same oh, around yeah. that time. And I would say with this photography as well, what's caught in Ireland on camera back then was no different than would have existed on the prairies here or down in Nova Scotia or Newfoundland.
1: Absolutely right. I mean, there was uh, the, the, uh, journal, um, uh, the Canadian Journal of Irish Studies has a wonderful edition on the, um, on the um, cable that was laid between uh, Valencia Island and Hearts Content in Newfoundland. Um, and uh, this is 1858. Um, but the journal entry, the journal and the articles make the, a very important point about ethical remembering that while the cable being laid was an astonishing feat of technology, the leading cause of death in Valencia Island and near the nearby workhouse in 1858 was starvation and malnutrition, mm-hmm. absolute poverty. Um, going across, following the cable over to Newfoundland and heart's content. Um, the poverty was enormous and the dangers, you know, they had just recently suffered a, a boating tragedy where I don't know many fishermen had died in a sudden storm, but they used to have a thing called the tilt. The tilt was basically a a pallet of wood leaned against, a, which was leaned against a tree. And that was their home. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine that in a winter because they couldn't afford to build a house. So ethical remembering, I think is a really important part of telling the story and also Looking at the photographs, that that yeah, it was brutal. You know, poverty was pretty was pretty rough, and life was pretty rough everywhere. And for emigrants too, without you know, they of course they were emigrating because they were fleeing the poverty in Ireland. But it didn't mean the streets were paved with gold. You know, they mm-hmm. had to earn everything, and there was no welfare state. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were relying on friends and family, which is why, of course, you get chain migration. You know, if somebody went over. And set themselves up. They sent the letter and the few Bob homes to get a, get a ticket so that, well, when you come over, I look after you and set you up, you know, which creates its own sense of community as well, you know. But, um, yeah, these photographs, certainly the early ones, bring all of that home.
0: So, Ambassador, for the regular punter who wants to take a look or wants to see, what are the housekeeping details?
1: Oh well, we're just uh, we're doing uh, we're doing just a small reception here at the residence. So you have to, you get on our website and it's an eventbrite uh, thing. You just register there so we know who's coming. Um, and for those who can't make it, of course, it's all online. So right. I'd highly recommend that people get online. Uh, if you just uh, put in a photo album of the Irish, you get onto the gallery of photography. Um, and they continue to do great work. They've just launched a new exhibition on um, protests and the uh, photography around protest as not reportage, but rather the creation of icons, which both the protester and the photographer know they're doing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really interesting uh, uh, exhibition and it, it speaks to the Gallery of Photography uh, and it's a uh, very um, not ideological, but very penetrating uh, mandate that it has to explore, not just photography, but photography as an instrument of change um, and self-awareness in a way, you know.
0: And the date we're looking at is the, when the, as far as I recall, is the 26th, 26th? 26th of May. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the other thing, of course, is you need to manage capacity issues. So it is important that people go on Eventbrite and that you register so that the the uh, residents can gauge how many people are coming at what time and that uh, all that can be managed. And while yeah. COVID restrictions may be relaxed we all still need to be very careful.
1: Yeah, we we'll check people for vaccinations and that kind of thing. But, yeah, the Eventbrite is just a great way of of, of gauging who's coming and, and, and what, the, what, the, what the numbers are. you know. So, yeah, please do, uh, if you want to call them register on Eventbrite, and you'll get that on our website or our, our Twitter account.
0: Indeed. Ambassador, it's been great catching up, and thanks a million for taking the time. Thanks, Austin, Always a pleasure.